Hey, friends, you've got two weeks to get your tickets to our Brooklyn live show at the Knitting Factory on Thursday, February 14th. Uh, tickets are $15 in advance or $18 at the door. You can find all the information you need at our website, justbreakuppod.com. We hope to see you there. Crushed it. <laughs> I hope Spencer keeps that in. <laughs> okay. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we're going to tackle topics like looking around and saying, how did I get here? (laughs) (laughs) Which is like the story of my life. Missing your best friends and being a cheater. Uh, Uh, Yeah, right. But first, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we are not qualified to do this podcast. Absolutely. We have no qualifications outside of the fact that we are two human beings with flesh sacks and hearts. Okay. Flesh sacks (laughs) is a thing we don't need to say again. Um, This is all to say, please take our advice as you see fit. We are not professionals. We are just here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. Welcome to episode 78, Sam. I'm so glad to be here, Sierra. <laughs> Good. You always feel I, I always feel like I have to welcome you here, even though we've been like sitting in the studio for 30 minutes together. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. But but now we're here. Now we're here together in, in 78 in partnership. Right. Doing this podcast. Right. Okay. Cool. What's the check-in topic? Uh, so this check-in he's gonna, topic. He's going to surprise me for the first time. <laughs> no. Right. This is exciting. Okay. Uh, it comes from JB. Dating is hard. <laughs> who is like. Writing from Massachusetts. Okay. Um, and basically, JB asks, how do you not freak out about coming on too strong in the beginning of a relationship? Uh, and they write, like, you know, I've already texted that person today, so I feel like I can't like their Instagram post or, like, oh, mm. I retweeted that tweet. And so now, like, I have to wait a day before I DM them about this thing. Like, how do you how do you parse through that? And, like, how do you get, get rid of that anxiety? Um... Yeah, that's a hard one. It is. It's a hard one because I have no shame. (laughs) And I would do all of that and then some. That's right. Sierra comes in strong (laughs) and then just never relents. I think I came in strong with you. You were like, who's this bitch working at the coffee shop 12 years ago? And I was like, hey, do you want to be friends? We have the same birthday. Here's a book. I also write poetry. I've done drugs. <laughs> That's like, right. this is, Will you that please come summary. to my slam poetry show? Yeah. I was like, hell no. First of all, but I would I did. never call it slam poetry. But y'all, he did come to my poetry shows. And Sam is notorious for crying at my shows. That's true. It's like a... It's like a denotation of success in my heart. Oh, that's so sweet. I mean it, honestly. Well, yeah. (laughs) You know I feel emotions. I just don't like to show them. Right, so that when I, like, force him to... (laughs) Which is the podcast, essentially. Oh, absolutely. Okay, anyway, after laughing at our own jokes for 10 minutes, let's get to the check-in topic. Um, In all seriousness, though, um, I don't totally relate to this question in that I just, for some reason, in my physical makeup don't have that sort of anxiety Mm -hmm. um because if i like someone i i am overflowing with like for them (laughs) i want to show them that Uh and i if they don't reciprocate interest in my like then i tend to be very sensitive and pull back so Mm -hmm. um i kind of uh am literally not qualified to answer this question (laughs) (laughs) how about you start and then i'll ride on the coattails of your success um so I want to just say, like, 
this is a hard question because I feel like in so many things I'm like, oh, that's not real. It's like that's not a real thing. But I do so feel things like of the Internet, like explain that for a little bit, because like the rules of engagement. Yeah, like the rules of engagement that we have made up. Particularly like are, on social media are like. Yeah, are very weird. strange. Yep. And they feel and I feel like a lot of people actually adhere to them, even though I don't understand yeah. why. Yeah. yeah, Where yeah people yeah, would yeah. be like weirded out if you liked a picture from two weeks ago, which is like. Why are we weirded out by that? If someone is like, look, like someone is looking at our feed and yeah. it's like, oh, that's a cool picture. I liked it. Like, yeah. what is, why is that creepy? Yeah. Or like strange. Called creeping. Because yeah, right. I would literally call it creeping. <laughs> but like. I for sure scroll back through people's photos. Absolutely. Especially and even, if I'm on, if I'm dating them. Yes. I go back to several relationships ago. <laughs> <laughs> Or it's like if you you follow someone, like why wouldn't you go back like a year, like yeah. scroll through their feed and be like, oh, that's a fun picture. Like yeah. why is that considered a weird and creepy thing? The to internet do? is so weird. I've been thinking nonstop about that article that you suggested last week. <laughs> I know, right? Ugh. Okay. Anyway, but you're saying you want to say that those rules of engagement aren't real, yep. but you know that they are. Yes, or at in least some that way. people, like a lot of people, adhere to them. Yes, um, <laughs> and I think that that really makes it hard. Um, and I also think that like attachment styles come into this too. So like folks with anxious attachment styles, hello, like, yeah, right, <laughs> uh, might come on pretty strong. Where folks with avoidant attachment styles, mm-hmm. hi, uh, <laughs> would find that like really off-putting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thank God we didn't have a social media when we met. Because I would have been like, 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 like Sam, like your face, like your dog. You don't have a dog, but you know what I mean. <laughs> um. But then at the same time, I also think that like we might think about it too much because I think people like who get when someone offers them attention, for the most part, people are excited about it. Yes. Right. Like if you're like, oh, that person liked my picture and sent me a DM. Like, I'm not going to be like, stop. I'm going to be like, oh, they're really into like the stuff that I'm putting out there. Yeah, And I think that 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 kind of you have to remember what is logical. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. If somebody's going to like my post, they're they're then thinking about me, so then they're going to send me a DM. Right. Right. <clears throat> Literally, you can say you can say things like, "Hey, I was thinking about you. What about this?" Like that's charming and endearing. Mm-hmm. I crossed your mind. That's that's cute and yep. a little sexy. Uh, yeah. But do you think that there is something to be said about like when you can feel people not engage with that interest. Yep. You know, maybe people with more um, detached attachment styles. Yeah. Or maybe they're like cooler than you. <laughs> let's Well, let's like break that facade. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just because someone's not showing their emotions or interests or, in, or simply just because they're not um, expressing themselves or part, uh, active, like liking your shit on facebook or whatever yeah that doesn't mean that they're cooler than you mm-hmm. like i don't know when the trope of not expressing joy or interest or your feelings became cool i don't know when apathy became cool well because it relates to shame oh, right yeah. like Brene brown talks about that yeah <laughs> like the the apathy the like foreboding joy is what we is the armor we put on to keep ourselves safe yeah and like we as a society value that because yeah. we value shame as a motivator. Oh my god! And it's 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 monetized. Shame yeah. is monetized for sure. Ugh. I know. Anyway, well, I think that's a. I think that 
sort of weirdly summarizes all of our advice. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, don't have any shame. Uh-huh. You be you, Buttercup. That's right. Uh, and if they don't, like, how about this? What is most important is authenticity. Mm-hmm. Are you thinking about them today? You can tell them that. If they're yeah. not interested in you, then then you know that they don't deserve the space in your head that they're taking up. That's right. But but don't um don't worry about coming on too strong. Just agreed. Just be an excited person. It's it's cool to be excited. Yeah, honestly, I think that that at the end of the day, like people who are living them their lives most authentically and are most like and are really comfortable with themselves are what people are attracted to. And right. so if you want to DM that person and like their Instagram photo and send them a text in one day, if you own it and you're like, right. I have no fear or shame of this, I'm not like criticizing myself or like hyper analyzing this. I'm just like living my best life here. Like, I think that that is actually something that people find attractive. hundred percent. I am so attracted to authenticity. Me too. And I, if someone did all of those things to me and was just like, Hey, like I liked this and I sent you this DM, but like, it's just cause you're on my mind today. I would totally. be like, Oh, that's sweet. Thank you. <laughs> totally. I also think I'm, I'm trying to like recall a meme I saw that I don't, I can't remember, but it's something like, if you don't want to play or don't play games or something, you know, like (laughs) something more eloquent than that. But Uh that is the, that's the foundation of it. And while I loathe that as like a brand, I agree that like, we only have to follow the rules of the games we choose to play. Right. And so if you don't want to play the game of like coyness, coolness, fake internet like suaveness that doesn't exist then don't play the game for sure and i think like i think what's really hard about that is that because then you're like well if i don't play the game then i'm not going to get this person that i really like but the reality is is that like if that person is going to require you to play the game in (laughs) that way like do you really want to be with them like do you want to constantly have to be thinking about like how am i showing up do i have to pretend to be cooler than i am do i have to pretend to be less interested than i am like that doesn't sound like fun. So if this person is requiring you to play this game in order for you to be in their life, it's like a question of like, well, is it really worth playing it? Then? Right. Yeah. Right? Like if you don't want to, if it's not authentic to you, if it doesn't feel real, then why are you spending the effort trying to get into this good person's good graces so that you can continue to play the game in order to be with them? Right. Exactly. I totally agree. The last thing I'll say is I think the way everyone relates and interacts on the Internet is different for everyone. So just because like I like 37 of Sam's photos. (laughs) Right. And he likes seven of mine. That's Uh not true. He likes most of my fixtures. I do. Thank you. I notice, (laughs) you know, but just because we interact differently doesn't mean um, we are we are incompatible or don't love each other. We just have different forms of expression. And that's true of all layers of love and humanity, but it's also true on the internet. Yep. People relate to the internet differently. That's right. And like love languages, right? Right. Like people interact with the internet and interact with people on the internet differently. Right. And doesn't mean that any one way of communicating is the right way. Right. Just means you have to be understanding that of what their motivations are and why they're doing it. Right. Totally. Cool. Do you want to get into some letters? Let's do it. I almost lost my train of thought earlier um, because I noticed that Sam brought a kombucha into the studio. (laughs) And that seems like surprising to me. It's surprising to me. Is it? Yes. Because I think that if you, if you, Sam Blackwell, saw like a a mother kombucha in its organic form in someone's like pantry, (laughs) you would 
flip your shit. <laughs> but I also eat chickens, and I think chickens are disgusting. Yeah, so. no, 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 no. I, 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 I respect you for drinking that. I am like, I'm not pro or anti kombucha. I don't, I have no big feelings about it. But I, one day, I'm going to show you what a mother looks like. No, I don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get into our letters for real this time. All right, this letter is from Will. I get the rose. Two two names. Two, two names. Will, I get the rose. Got it. Who's writing from Pennsylvania. Hello, Sam and Sierra. First of all, I want to thank you for your hard work and advice that you constantly give us lost souls and love and friendships. I've listened to so many of your podcasts and you can be truly inspirational in your words of wisdom. I love the friendship that both of you share and your personal experiences are incredibly helpful. Even though I am a mental health professional, I still... In- Enjoy hearing a refreshing take on all topics and relationships that you give. I appreciate you. Thank you. So for an attempted brief synopsis of my situation, bear with me here. I was in a relationship for over two and a half years. My ex, please give him a fun name. Ooh. How about Spammy? (laughs) Great. (laughs) Spamuel. Spamuel. Spamster. Spamps tonight. Yeah. Okay. Spammy. Love it. Spammy. Uh, My ex and I were together in a committed relationship, lived together, and had a whirlwind relationship. We started living together pretty quickly and fell for each other fast. It was one of those situations that you hear about from other people where, quote, you just know when someone is into you, they want to be with you, and they show it. I'd say that we had a few good months, and then a few things happened, which made me suspicious of some women who he was, quote, friends with. Over time, there were a lot of lies that I caught him in regarding these women, specifically one, such as spending time with her and talking with her via text. Despite these happenings, I loved him very much and believed that I was in a mature relationship with him. We would talk out what was happening, and he would always convince me that these people were just his friends. I tried to set guidelines guidelines for the friendships, but he would not always stick to them. For instance, you can be friends with girls if you want, but let me meet them or get to know them. He would do this for some, but not all. Throughout our relationship, we discussed and planned our future. We were a big part of each other's lives, and I didn't doubt that we would end up together. By the way, neither of us necessarily cared about marriage because we are both divorced. I was overall happy with him and felt like we were in it for the long haul, always supporting each other's dreams, having fun, and enjoying our time together. This past winter, we had a pretty rough patch where my ex said that he was not sure about our future together, out of what seemed to be nowhere. His mood always tended to change in the winter months, so I was not surprised that he started to shift in his mood, but his thoughts of not being sure about us were hurtful and not expected. We then decided that we were going through to put a lot of hard work into our relationship and began to go to therapy and focus on our growth. I believed that our relationship was getting better and better as the days passed. We'd talk about this together and both agreed on overall improvement. We seemed genuinely happy. Midsummer, something changed. He once again told me that he was unsure about us and we took a brief break about a week apart. During this time, we were meant to think about whether or not we wanted to be together and determine if our relationship was sustainable or not. I thought that it was, but he had other ideas. After this week apart, he broke up with me. I was truly devastated, the kind of hurt and pain that feels like paralysis. Over the next few months, we saw each other periodically, but still texted often. We had to move out of our apartment, and we both got our own places. The times we would see each other were emotional, to say the least. We would still have sex and have deep conversations about what happened in our relationship, yet we would still have fun. He admitted to me that when we were together, he had cheated on me for about a year with one of the girls who was his, quote, friend. He told me that he wanted to be honest with me and apologized profusely about his actions. A few weeks later, he told me that the real reason he left me was for someone else, an old friend from college. 
I knew that he had been talking with her over the last few weeks of our relationship, and so this was not surprising, but I also didn't believe that he would leave me for this girl. Something was telling me that this was being used as a part of an excuse, or maybe that he had tried to convince himself of this to make things easier. After another week or so, he told me that he wasn't sure he made the right decision about us and needed some time apart to figure out if he made the right decision. I told him that I would need time as well because I, too, had a lot to think about with all the information that he had been sharing with me for the past month or so. After a few weeks of us not seeing each other, he became more and more persistent about us getting together and spending time together. He knew I went out on a few dates, which he hated. He told me that us being apart obviously wasn't working and that he wanted us to spend some time together to see how it goes. After about a week of phone calls and texts about the topic, I finally agreed to see him. We went out on a date and truly enjoyed ourselves. After this, we talked about dating each other and seeing how that goes. This means that we can both see other people and determine if we want to be together or not. We've been doing this dating thing for a few weeks now, and it has had its ups and downs. We are attempting to keep communication open, and I think that he is finally being honest with me about what is going on with his life and him. He continues to date the girl that he left me for, but I cannot tell how he feels about her. Oh, I can. (laughs) I am not sure if he even knows. He still tells me that he loves me and we continue to have good times together. I am putting forth a lot of effort to work on some things personally that we had previously discussed in our relationship. He says that he is proud of the progress I'm making individually. By the way, I am seeing a therapist on a weekly basis and she is helping me work through a lot of my own challenges and supporting me in making decisions about this relationship. The hardest part that I have in all of this is intense feelings of jealousy when he is with this other girl. I get the feeling that over time, he is not going to want her anymore and is just going to realize that I am the one who he is meant to be with, but this situation is tough. I am attempting to be patient and figure out what I want as well. I continue to try to go on dates with other people, but I'm finding that my heart isn't in it. Sometimes I feel like I'm a dating show. I'm on a dating show in all this. Will he pick me? Who will I pick? Because my head ex has a hard time making commitments, he has cheated on many of his exes, I am concerned that I am either just supporting a bad habit of his where he wants more than one woman at a time, mm-hmm. and or that even if he decides to, he wants to be with me, this is something that will continue up in the future. I know that there are a lot of things that he needs to work on in therapy, which he has identified and we have discussed, but for some reason he says he is not ready to go on his own. <laughs> We continue to talk about his this more extensively, and I think that he's starting to understand how this could be really helpful. I mean, as a therapist, I think I get why he's afraid to go. But honestly, I think that it would be it would help with the deep seated issues that are coming up in him with relationships. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink it, you know, or date you exclusively. <laughs> Sierra, I'm sorry. I would really like for this to work out because I still have the love I've always had for him. And there are so many good qualities that exist in our relationship. I have always been someone who sees the best in people and fear that I have once again fallen for someone who's or I have fallen for someone's potential instead of who they really are. There are a few people who are close to me who know what is happening and they are all supportive, but cautioning me about the situation because they don't want to see me hurt again. What should I do? So finally, to my actual questions, have you ever been in a situation like this before or know someone who has? How would you suggest I navigate what is happening? Do you think I'm wasting my time here? Do you have any advice on how to get him to want to go to therapy on his own? Do you think there is a potential for this cheater commitment phobic person to change? Can a leopard really change its spots? Mm. I'm looking forward to hopefully hearing my letter on your podcast. Thank you for all of the love and kindness that you are always sharing with your listeners. Sincerely, 
Will I Get the Rose? Oh, Will I Get the Rose? Thank you so much for writing and for listening and for your eloquence and explaining this very painful, very long situation. Absolutely. This is the type of um, relationship that really seeps into all aspects of your life, I feel like, Mm -hmm. where you are just constantly... Not on eggshells, but like constantly waiting for the shoe to drop or constantly waiting yep. for something to fall into place or yeah. or it's it's you're in a heightened state of maybe like dulled anxiety. For sure. Yeah. Because like everything feels like it's outside of your control. Yes. And you're just like in a in a holding pattern being like, am I doing the right thing to yeah. get the outcome that I want? Like, yeah. Yeah. I I relate in many yes. ways and have been in similar situations with people who are seeming to un- be unable to commit to me. Yeah. And just trying to be like, what do I need to do to get them to do this? Right. And that and that's I think that's the first thing that I want to say, will you will I get the rose? Um I haven't been in a situation 100% similarly, but when I think about uh, a a relationship of mine that that might be a cousin to this relationship, mm-hmm. um I think something that I want to ask you is how compatible is this man to you and your desires and the life that you want to live really like Mm -hmm. you need to be honest with yourself first, wholly and truly. You need to be honest with yourself about this situation fully. You need to like take stock of what is in front of you as honestly and as bluntly and as no kit gloves, 100% as harsh as you can to yourself <laughs> and truly say, what about this man is compatible with the life that I am trying to build for myself? Mm-hmm. Um, and and what I don't want to see on there, on that list or whatever, is the quality time that you've spent together in the past. Yeah. I don't want to and I don't want to see the potential of the future. I want to see hard facts, traits about him, about your life, uh, the vibe that you guys have together, like concrete things that you can stand on. And why I'm saying this, uh, will you get, I, you get the rose. I always want to say Will you get the rose? Yeah. Will you get the rose? Um, (laughs) is because I, the relationship that I stayed in for so long after infidelity, (laughs) there came a point where I, um, lost track of what I, actually loved about that man versus what I was trying to cling to Mm. the idea of him. Right. And I was trying to make it all worth it. I was trying to make it all fit because why else would I put myself through the suffering of two years or whatever, if it, if it wasn't all worth it in the end. Um, But if I wrote, if, but if I, in the middle of all of that, if Sam had said, Sierra, write a list about what makes him compatible with the life you're trying to build right now, I would have been like, I don't know. He has like lungs, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> like he has teeth. He can make me laugh. You know, yep. Th- those things were true. Like there were qualities about him that I liked, but he didn't reflect the life that I was trying to build for myself. Yep. So in that moment, I could say, well, what am I holding on to? And I and I feel a little challenged by this letter mm-hmm. because I possibly because you wrote it so eloquently, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and that like, I feel torn and, and I don't feel like this man, even though he is, he sounds like he has a lot of issues right now that he's working through. And, 
and whatnot. Like we could put in a bunch of sass there, but I won't quite yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I I don't feel like he's a villain because of the way that you portray, portrayed him. Yep. So I'm I'm conflicted. I'm not like get the fuck out of there. But at the same time, I want I want to know from you like why are you in it still? Yeah. Sincerely and bluntly to yourself, why are you staying? Yeah. I mean, I think... Because so, if you're staying out of fear, get the fuck out. Right. Or if you're staying because you put so much time and energy into this relationship, if, or if you're staying because it would embar- be embarrassing to admit defeat. Like, right. Those are all... Human, human and Human responses. Absolutely. But they're not strong enough to stand on. No. And so, Will, I want to give you some outside perspective. I want... So... When yeah, Sierra yeah. and I read these letters, we often put like notes at the top to help us remember sort of what the content of the letter is when we're Sam's reading are and the sorting. Best. Yeah. <laughs> Mine's like cheating yeah. or, you know, like, haha, this is funny. But Sam's are very eloquent and smart. Sometimes. But I want to I want to read mm-hmm. what I wrote to you. The blurb. We the can blurb. Call it. Because I want you to see what what I saw when I read this letter. Yeah. Which is dude broke up with her. And now they're, quote, dating while he dates the girl that he left her for. Period. Period. That's the summation of this relationship. Yep. And I and I say that and I don't want to dismiss all of the nuance and all of the complications and, the and all of the feelings and all of the all of the things that are going through both of you right now. Right. All of that is, is very real. It's very valid. But from an outside perspective, this man broke up with you, left you for another woman, and now you are continuing to date him while he dates that woman. And let me let me add one more thing that I just like I just that settled in my body that became real. He cheated on you your entirety of your relationship. Right. Like that I that's it. That's it because your letter was written so eloquently and and with great empathy and understanding. Absolutely. But let's just say it from an outsider perspective. You were with a man who was continually cheating on you. He says he did it for a year, but um, who knows? Right. Uh, and then he left you. And I I had red flags immediately listening to this letter when when the first time, like in the January, he was like, I'm having doubts about a relationship mm-hmm. to me. And this is honestly because I have done the same thing because <laughs> I'm a terrible person or what was a terrible person. Yeah, we'll get the, into that in the third letter of this <laughs> yeah. episode. <laughs> yeah, um, I have in in moments of infidelity when I thought maybe I wanted to be with someone else. I've said, I'm not sure about our relationship. Mm-hmm. And the things that we leave out in those sentences are because I'm interested in another one. <laughs> It's so bad. It is. Oh, young Sierra was such a dick. Anyway. But she was so pretty and wild. (laughs) (laughs) That was the sickest, meanest burn. She's so pretty and wild. Like, that's like the least. Back then, I would be like, oh, my God, thank you. (laughs) And now I'm like, oh, God. Anyway. Yeah. So. Um, Yeah. So. So, like, that is the. The how this situation is playing out like brass tacks that is and what I, it looks like to us i wonder like you're going to therapy weekly which sounds awesome and it sounds like you are doing the head and heart work to become a better person but right now how i read this letter is that you're doing all of that head and heart work on his terms for him yeah for this relationship where he has this where you have acquiesced all of Great your power word. <laughs> right like you have you have I'm sorry, this is really harsh, but you have willingly 
said to him, you are the person who gets to decide the terms and parameters of this relationship, and I have no voice in it. This is why I say I'm my co-host. I would have been like, so you guys are cool. <laughs> Maybe he'll get better. Yeah. Um, you, Will, you are an actor with choices in this mm-hmm. relationship, mm-hmm. and you are choosing to let him decide every aspect of it. And... Sam, oh my God, are you ready? Yeah. Let's talk about how we have been culturally conditioned to prioritize love, the essence, embodiment of love over mental health. Yep. Uh, career choices, uh, cutting people in and out of our life, like mm-hmm. fam- weird family obligations. Like yep. we, right now, what I hear is I am holding out the hope of this love over all other things in my life. Sure. I am prioritizing this sick, insu- if not sick, let's say insufficient love, because I would argue no matter how eloquently and you can state they write this letter, Will, um, and with great empathy, you're still hurting. This mm-hmm. is still not enough. It's obvious that there's tor- turmoil in, in your heart. Yep. But d- despite all of your eloquence, you're hurting because you're prioritizing the potential of this love over your own wellness, your own growth, and future healthy love. Right. Ugh, that sucks. I know it does. And, and it's I, like... would t- I would too. I would too. I would too. Ugh, that's the worst part about love. I know. And it's also like, I I just will, I want you to va- like value your own feelings in this. Like mm-hmm. you write about like how you're you're feeling jealous about this this person as if it's a bad thing that you are feeling jealous that the man that you love is going on dates with the person that he left you for. Let me be like, really shady. Yeah. And say the woman he left you for probably doesn't know you guys were dating when he mm. got together with you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that is probably very real. But but I just like I want to say to you like yeah, of course you feel fucking jealous. Like the reality of that situation is so awful for yeah. you that why would you not feel that way? Like yeah. the jealousy that you're feeling is not like is not a bad thing. It is a very normal natural response to the situation that you have decided is okay for you. <laughs> oh god, I'm so triggered right now because you know, you know another thing that, like kept me in that relationship with yeah. that person that you hate? Uh-huh. Is the idea of the other people getting him mm. and getting the good oh, side so of real. him. That you is know so what I real. mean? Like I I was over here like I'm the suffering one. I'm the one you cheated on with, but these women you you cheated <laughs> on me with, they get the cool, suave, hip you that is so charming and so good at flirting and like good in the sack if I'm being honest. <laughs> you know, um and they get that that polished version of you and you get to keep your dignity with them. Mhm. And whereas me, it's like, there's no justice. There's no justice in this situation, Ugh, Will. No. Ugh. I wish there were. Yeah. But here's another thing. You, we you should act- make like a court of love. <laughs> all I want to do, you I, all I want, I was going to say, all I want is to be Judge Judy. That's a lie. All I want is for you to be Judge Judy. <laughs> I'll be your bailiff. Don't pee on my leg and tell me it's rain. <laughs> yes. Um... Uh, the one thing I was going to say before we went on that weird court tangent <laughs> is um, you asked us specifically how your partner, Spammy, we forgot his name. Spammy. <laughs> <laughs> 
how you can get Spammy to go to therapy, guess what? You can't. No, you can't. And he's not going to magically be able to love you better if he does. And here's the thing, Will. Admitting that you have issues is not the same as admitting you have issues and then working on them. Oh, let me do a little dance. (laughs) Like like saying that you're an asshole who is dating multiple people at the same time. I am so triggered by you right now. (laughs) Wants it is not the same as saying I'm doing this and I'm going to be doing things to be better. And like he will. (laughs) (laughs) Sam is glitching. I'm glitching. (laughs) What? What has he done? What name one thing that he has done to make this relationship better for you? Yeah, work for you. Name one thing for me. Because I can't name one from your letter. I can name a bunch of things that he has and let's said po- are let, issues. Let's even say let's say let's say post breakup. Yeah, because your your old your old relationship is dead. Mm-hmm. Your old relationship doesn't exist anymore. No, it doesn't. This is the new relationship, new terms of agreement that you have so far signed. Yep. You know when you like sign up for like an app and you don't read the terms of agreement thing. <laughs> um, Except for in this case, you read the terms of agreement oh, and you Sam. said yes to them. <laughs> All right, I gotta be. We gotta be nicer, cause, yes. Because this is like, it's making us laugh, honestly, Will. Because we're both so triggered. Like, I I cannot stop thinking about the dude that I keep talking about. No, and absolutely, like, I could. I would also see myself in this exact same situation. Like, I am. Like, I am yelling at myself right now. Like, wake the fuck up. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Why are you living with your ex for two years? Like, uh, what do you that think was is a gonna really happen? weird part of our friendship? I was like, so this is. This is still happening, eh? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, Will, you deserve uh, better than this, period. You absolutely do. Right. And, like, life isn't perfect. Love isn't perfect. Relationship takes work. You're a mental health professional. You know about this. Absolutely. Um, but this person is not working for you. Mm-hmm. He's not working. It's not. I really love when our listeners write in and they say, I try to solve our I try to work on my relationship like me and my partner versus the problem, Mm -hmm. not my partner versus me. Right. Or whatever. Yep. And I don't see him as your partner in this. I don't see him as a teammate. Um, It's more like he's the star of the show and he's got a bunch of extras and co-stars and, you know, techies and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, not to shit on people who are in open relationships or or not even to shit on people who have infidelities. Skip to letter three (laughs) in in this lineup. Um, Like I we've been kind of like scoffing at this dude. But here's the reality. My ex, I'm he's going to make someone really happy someday. Sure. And there were things about him that I really loved. Mm -hmm. And he did really kind things to me and made me happy for a while. Um, and he was really patient with me while I was totally falling apart because he cheated on me. That's right. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, you know, this dude that you're seeing, uh, spammy, spammy is his name, uh, is trying the best that he can. Yeah. With the tools and resources he have, has available to him, like I don't think I don't think that he's but, like being an evil person. Yeah. Right? He is a person who is apparently ill-equipped to be able to show up for one person authentically. Yeah. yeah. And, but the question is, then, will is is his best enough for you? Yes. And I want to say this as one bleeding heart caretaker to another. Yeah. His 
needs are no more important than yours. Mm-mm. And Sam just said he's doing the best with the tools that he has. But sometimes some people's best isn't good enough for us. Yep. And that's okay. That is not a cue for us to help them get better tools. Right. It's a cue for us to strengthen that authenticity muscle, to lean into that discomfort and say, you know what? This is not a safe sustainable nurturing environment for me yep. and therefore i'm going to take myself out of this situation but i wish you well for sure i wish you the best like go leech off of another woman <laughs> <laughs> financially uh, and emotionally if we're talking about my situation yes but <laughs> but this is really hard and i yes and we we give tough love on this podcast because we love all of you all of our listeners and all the people who write in so much we know your value and we just get so uh, hurt, I think, yeah. when we see that people are undermining their own happiness, when people are not valuing themselves in the way that we know that they should. Right. And I think that, that that's why we get so worked up about these things, because we just want to we want to protect all of you. We want right. to be like, no, you deserve better. You absolutely do. And so we also recognize that like this is. And really we, hard stuff to do in real life. We can be more blunt than yep. your friends and family can Absolutely. be. Absolutely. Because, like, you can get mad at us, but, like... <laughs> but, but also, like, there's no... There's there's very little nuance in our relationships. <laughs> right. And so, like, things that your friends might say, we can... We, we want to be able to shake you into a new yep. understanding. For sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. You said that really well. But we know how hard this is. We're, I'm, I'm sorry that that you are going through this and that you are constantly in this place of low anxiety and, and just heartbreak all of the time. Um, Give yourself a breakup. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't think you guys had it Mm -hmm. fully. And of course he's going to be jealous of you dating other people. Right. He's, he has to deal with that discomfort. If you have to fucking deal with her still dating the woman he left you for. That's right. Oh my God, men. I can't even men, listener, male (laughs) listeners. I love you. I love you. I love you. Let's be better. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. <laughs> I, I couldn't. I couldn't get into my eloquence there. So, yes. Okay. But will we know this is hard? We love you. We love you. Give yourself the the gift of a breakup. Yep. We love you. Thanks for writing. Thank you so much. Spring has sprung and summer is just around the corner. Packing your bag with sunscreen, your emotional support water bottle, and that steamy beach read. But wait, this year there's a new kind of essential that's right at your fingertips. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, spicy audio stories. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And get this, there's a growing library of fantasy series with werewolves, Greek gods and goddesses, Regency era, historical fiction, my absolute favorite, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you will always find something new to explore. Dipsy offers a modern approach to romance through high quality and captivating audio fiction. For listeners of this show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsastories.com slash justbreakup dipsystories.com slash justbreakup
right. Our next letter comes from Alias S, who's writing to us from the South. Okay. Hi, Sam and Sierra. Love your podcast. It's really helped give me some good, honest advice to help me through tough situations that I've been experiencing romantically, and I appreciate you both. Today, though, I am writing about a friendship issue. I'm 26 years old, recently finished up a professional degree program, and I've started a new career. I've been, quote, living with my best friend from my program for the last four months. I say, quote, living, in quotes, because she essentially does not live with me, but with her boyfriend. She and her boyfriend have been dating for a little over a year and are very serious. They plan on moving to a different city next year for his job. Prior to signing a lease with me, he asked her to move in with hurt him at the end though she didn't think that she was ready to officially move in with him and we moved forward with finding a place together i was really excited to live with my best friend and while i knew she would probably spend some nights at her boyfriend's place i thought that we'd be we would be able to spend some time together flash forward a few months and i tell you that in fact we do not spend a lot of time together (laughs) she spends every night at her boyfriend's house spending maybe a total of 15 nights at her place since moving in As I've seen her less and less, I regret to say that I've been starting to feel more and more resentment. I feel like I never get to see my own roommate and best friend. I think part of my resentment also comes from the fact that I absolutely don't love her boyfriend. I don't love the fact that he tends to speak for her and that he has a reputation at his work for being an asshole, which isn't not true. However, I think the other part of my resentment is that I feel like I just never get to see my friend. I've gotten advice to engage her in a general conversation of, quote, hey, I miss you, and I feel like I don't get to see you very much anymore. When I've tried to broach that subject, it is clear that she is stressed out with splitting her time between her boyfriend family and her family who lives in the area and her friends. It's clear that she doesn't necessarily think that we don't get enough time together, and mainly she talks about how she doesn't get to see her significant other. I'm in a place in my life where romantic things aren't going well, LOL, topic for a different day, and I've been trying to put a lot of energy into different types of love in my life, particularly friendships. However, I'm living in a city across the country from my family and most of my best friends I've made in my life, so I've been feeling really lonely, and I like I don't have a lot here for me except my new job, although let it be known that I'm actively trying to make friends at my job too. That's why I was particularly upset when my friend told me she was going to sublet her room starting in January and move in with her boyfriend. I played it cool because she was doing it for financial reasons, but I know she wouldn't move in with him for just free rent. I'm really hurt by this. It feels like it wasn't that she actually wanted to live with me. It was just that she wasn't ready to live with her boyfriend. Despite her actual intentions, I can't help but feel like she was just using living with me as a convenient place to store her stuff until she was ready to move in with him officially. Meanwhile, I'm over here all excited to live with my best friend while actually just spending all my time alone wishing I could go back to my home to my family and other friends. How do I even bring up how much this upset me after I acted like everything was fine. I can feel myself pulling away because of all my resentment built up and I don't want to be passive aggressive, but I have a really hard time speaking my truth and being confrontational because I don't want to make her feel bad or make things awkward. I'm happy for her that she is moving forward with her relationship, but I feel like I kind of got fucked over. I wanted to live with her, not a random person. She's leaving in less than a year and I want to say say that we're going to stay close but it feels like she's putting our friendship on the back burner and that just sucks she knows that she i know she is also stressed and busy 
and she has more relationships than I do to juggle at the moment. But I don't think that means you shouldn't put any energy into keeping up other important relationships in your life. Am I being too sensitive? I do tend to have more of an anxious attachment style. Maybe I should just chill the fuck out. Any advice would be lovely. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for writing, Alias. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This sucks. Yeah, it does. It sucks because... I'll just like come on and say this. Love There's it. very little that you can do yep. in this situation. Yep. Uh, we're going to give you some confidence and tools to maybe be able to express your authentic feelings mm-hmm. um, so that you don't let that resentment build up inside you. And so that you feel like you can, you feel the justice of being able to share your heart's true feelings with somebody that you love and respect. But it's... It's hard in the world <laughs> because we cannot control other people's actions. That's right. Um, but before we get into that, I just want to say, Alias, um, that you're not being too sensitive. No, not at all. Like, and I think, I think part of the reason why we wanted to pick this letter was just because, um, because it's really hard when your best friends or your friends don't show up for you in the way that you want them to. Right. Um, and that like our friendships and relationships with people that aren't romantic can often be as hurtful and um, and harmful as relationships with with right. a significant other. Right. right? Um, and you feel used by this friend. You feel like they sold you a false bill of goods. You feel like they're not showing up for you. And like all of that is 100 percent real. Yeah, it's not. You are not asking too much to have your friend spend more time with you. You're not asking too much to have your friends prioritize your relationship with them. Right. Those are all very natural and normal things for you to ask for out of someone who is important to you. Right. And so I want to just give you the validation of knowing that like that this shitty situation, even though it's just with a friend, it can feel as bad and can be just as hurtful as a relationship with a significant other. Right. I totally agree. And I would I would even the other thing that complicates situations like this mm-hmm. so often, and I would say in this situation, yes, but I don't know the nuances of it. Sure. The other thing that complicates it is like that best friend is doing the best that they can yep. and probably does feel really spread thin and probably does feel stressed about balancing That's work, so family, partners, and friendships. And so it's so funny that someone's best or someone someone's best and their triggers of stress can be just can be real and your and the inadequacy of their friendship can also be real Mm -hmm. does that make sense like that she that i i relate to that feeling at a different time in my life when i had more friends (laughs) now i'm much more selective but at a different time in my life i i i did feel the stress of juggling um for sure especially because I'm such a bleeding heart when it comes to my relationships, which maybe wasn't a good thing back then. Um, but, you know, juggling family, friends, relationship, get you know, all of those things. Yep. And, and so I relate to that. But, like, I also know that at those times in my life when I maybe wasn't doing the best job of showing the people I loved that I loved them, mm-hmm. that they had a right to be upset. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just that's I only say that. Not even to like humanize the um, friend, although we all deserve that dignity. Yep. 
but just to be like, that's why this shit is so hard. <laughs> For sure. Because with, you know, with a partner, with an intimate partner, you can say, you're not putting enough rela- work into this relationship. That's a language, a script that we know. Yep. But in a friendship, like, you're not putting enough work into this f- friendship, all of a become, all of a, co- a sudden becomes like, uh, com- messy and yeah, and you become like the the, the crazy needy... person who's obsessed with me. Yeah, right? like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, totally. That's the I was trying to find an elo- more eloquent way to say like um, the assumption over yeah time and things like that for sure. And I think um, there's actually a really good Ask Polly letter that actually talks about and she talks about how friendships are really difficult because we don't have a shared language and definition around like how friends are supposed to show up for each other Mm. um and some folks are like oh if you're my friend that means that you like take me to surgery and you're like you're there if i need you because my goldfish died like right every single thing like then i will call you and you're you're supposed to show up and for lots of people it's like no friends are nice to like fill the void of life of life but they're not they're not that important to me, right? Like I, I can leave this friend behind and find a new one. And like that doesn't make me sad because of the way that I view friendships. And like we all have different definitions of what friendships should look like mm. in ways like in romantic relationships. There are nuances and like difficult definitions. And, and sometimes... well, you think about like our love languages. Like right. I wonder if there are friend languages. Right. But even with friendships, like society values them differently than they do romantic relationships. And so like. So even the shared language that we've developed around romantic relationships doesn't happen in in friendships. Right. And that makes it really hard to navigate, especially when you suddenly find out that the person that the person that you considered your best friend and you are speaking entirely different languages around what this friendship means to both of you. And it's I want to like validate that and I want to like raise it up as being like we can all do better with ourselves and with our friendships. Totally. Yeah. Um. I hope that's comforting. Yeah, me too. <laughs> because, I, I mean, I just looked at the letter to think about what else we wanted to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I want to talk about maybe how to lean into that conflict and yep. how to how people with anxious attachment styles can um, sort of forgive themselves for, for asking for more. But it's it's hard. Like, we know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm. I, I would guess that the this move is going to happen. Yep. And I would guess that maybe some distance is going to come into your friendship. I think so, too. Just just because of time and space in life. That's, yep. that's, that's just what happens. And, but that doesn't mean it's not sad or hard. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's. I think that at, at this point in my life, I'm, I'm kind of used to the fact that uh, my life will always look different from the life I had five years ago, my mm-hmm. friend group will, you know, yep. that, that what you explained earlier, I don't like to have my friends come and go, you know, <laughs> but I, I do understand that people come in, in and out of our lives at different times and they leave them for different reasons, you mm-hmm. know, like space or time or whatever. I just, that's something that I've had to come to terms with because I get a little nostalgic about people leaving and yeah. and uh changes in relationships and and that sucks that it does. you're 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 going through that now yeah and it, and it also sucks to like have a big apartment and have nobody there yeah or have a stranger <laughs> yeah 
Uh, the one thing I wanted to say was like, ho- hopefully you become friends with that roommate. Yeah, right. Ooh, if I'm being positive, <laughs> They're cool, right? Yeah, yeah. But so I guess my advice for you, uh, alias, isn't about really getting your friend back. I think you've talked you talked about in the letter how you have sort of talked about these things and said I want you to show up more, and your friend has been like, I'm not going to. Yes, but she said it like. Oh, I'm so stressed. I'm spreading out. I'm so spread thin. Yes. But we can translate that yes. into into like I'm not I'm not going to do that. Totally. Um, and so I guess my advice for you, Alias, is to mourn this in the same way that you would mourn a romantic relationship that is coming to an end, right? Yeah. Because it is. Because it is on par with that. Yeah. Right. Like the end of a good friendship or the end of a of of something like that can feel just as as heartbreaking as a relationship ending. Totally. And you have every right to grieve it. You have every right to be resentful. You have every right to journal about it and therapy about it. Like, this is a real thing that is happening to you. And you have the right and this you should take the space to mourn it in the same way you would a romantic relationship. Can we talk about resentment? Yeah. I think resentment is very powerful. <laughs> it is. It has its own power, like mm-hmm. that we can't control. Yep. Like it, I would equate it to something that rots yep. or like festers. And you're totally right, Elias, that that this resentment will take over mm-hmm. this friendship if you let it. You know, like if allowed. Yep. <laughs> if resentment's alone in this room, it's gonna fuck everything up. <laughs> yeah, it's like a kombucha mother, <laughs> just grows and grows and gets more disgusting. <laughs> I'm still I'm still thinking about how you don't like chicken. <laughs> I don't like them. They're gross. Interesting. Um, okay, so th- some I relate to that. I I I relate to that because I tend to try to be a peacemaker. I try. Uh, I have a hard time, like assuming that somebody meant the wor- meant the worst or like a. I have a hard time making space for my discomfort, mm-hmm. right? And I don't want to be uncomfortable, so I'll do a lot of mental gymnastics to be like, oh, well, they're just having a bad day or right. or or whatever. And also because one of my big life missions is to understand that everybody's on a journey. And so sometimes that whole fucking head and hard work mantra, it conflicts with me trying to make space for my own feelings and my own experience. Yep. Um, but... A big thing that combats resentment is doing that mental work of understanding, well, this is what it's is that this is what's at play. Um, this person is really busy. They're not prioritizing my relationship. And even even if I told them that they weren't prioritizing their relationship, that might not change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds silly, but like I, I I find comfort in like finality or or simple facts of like yep. this is just what it is. I can't change it. I'm going to accept that and then move forward. Yep. Yeah. I find for me, resentment tends to be, tends to come up a lot if I don't think that I have the right to be feeling the way that I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, that's good. And so I think like taking stock and being like, yeah, I have the right to be angry with this person who said they were going to live with me, who I feel used by. And it's okay for me to feel that anger to like, Bring it out into the light, like we talk about all the time, of being like, "Yes, this is the reality of yeah. what's happening, and these 
feelings that I'm feeling are absolutely valid because I think resentment like shame grows in the dark. I literally was just going to say I, the number one thing I do to combat resentment is to, is to speak it into the world. Yep. Um, because you know that if it I have literally said before with a family member who was like really taking a lot from me emotionally or whatever i have said i need space from this person or else my resentment will grow into something that doesn't allow us to have a healthy relationship absolutely i knew that if 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 i didn't process some of that resentment or or take some space from this person or whatever we wouldn't be able to be close for sure in the future yeah and i think that and releasing expectations of that person too. Mm, that, yep, 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 like, yep. This is what I know I can expect from X, Y, and Z. Yes. And I wish that person health, happiness, and for them to be at peace, period. Yep. Right? Like that's all I ask of them. Right. And so it's hard to say that when you have had these expectations of this person in your life who you thought was going to be great and wonderful and you were going to spend all this time with. Right. Um, and it sucks that that's what you have to do. But I think I think giving yourself the validation of recognizing that your feelings are real, that the things that your friend did to you were hurtful, right. no matter what their intention was and no matter what they're saying, and also saying, and I can't expect any more of them. Right. Sucks. But like those two statements, I think those statements of fact will help you move forward in a way of like, OK, well, these are the facts on the ground. And so now I have to figure out how to move forward from this. Right. And we'll close by just giving you a really simple script. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've talked about this moment in the past. Uh, several, several years ago, I think I was like 24 or 3 or something. Mm-hmm. My father was in a terrible uh, motorcycle accident. Right. And he broke his hip in two places. But I was at the, and it was very scary for our family, um, especially because my father is a contractor and he was, um, you know, out of work for a very long time. Basically, I had to learn how to walk. Um, And, but at that time, I was young. I was thick in the poetry world. Um, I didn't have a lot of money and I just wasn't the person I am today. And we were living in different states and uh, maybe six or eight months after my dad's accident, I never got out to see him during mm-hmm. his recovery time, but we're very close. So we talk on the phone all the time and he, he called me and kind of out of the blue, he said, Hey, I, uh, I love you. I just wanted you to know something because I love you and I want you to know who I am. I want you to know that it hurt my feelings that you didn't come out to see me and you don't need to apologize you don't need to do anything now but i wanted you to know because i want you to know me mm-hmm. and i have i was intrinsically changed after that moment because i realized that sometimes we just need people to know us mm-hmm. and and if we do that head and heart work to balance our expectations of this person to squash any resentment or to, or to really do that hard uncomfortable work of looking at these emotions and saying well what do i really need what do I know to be true? What can I expect from this person, et cetera? My, my dad just needed me to know that he felt that way and then he could let it go. Yeah. Right. He, he let it go. And um, I have used that model in my life. Like when a friend has hurt me um, and I did all the head, head and heart work I had, but I just wanted them to know um, that that's how I felt and that's mm-hmm. the experience that I had or whatever. And so I, we talk about affirmation sandwiches a lot 
and it's, this is not even that, but if you can get to a point point where you know you won't get upset or you you know you won't be hoping for an outcome that is probably impossible. Right. You can go into that meeting and say, hey, I just want you to know I really value you as a person. I value you as a friend. I've really thoroughly enjoyed our friendship. I respect you as a person and I respect your relationship. Side note, even if you don't like that the partner. <laughs> yeah, right. uh-huh. um, but you can say, that all being said, I just want you to know that what happened with you and I in this apartment really hurt my feelings. I don't need an apology from you and I don't need you to change your plans because I know that's impossible. But because I love you, I want you to know me. And if you know me, you would know that this is true. Mm-hmm. And I think that's great. I love that. Yeah. So, Alias, we hope this helps. Thank you so much for writing. We love you. All right. Our third and final letter comes from evil, but also loving. <laughs> who is writing from the chilly north hi sam and sierra i feel that even though you don't know who i am i have a special connection with both of you as individuals you really remind me of myself and my best friend and it's really comforting to know you are out there analyzing relationships like us artists do constantly i am a 22 year old recent professional dance graduate with a goddamn confusing love life I just recently ended a three and a half year relationship with a wonderful man. This is my first relationship ever. When Sam talks about Peter, it reminds me of our relationship. It was slow building, caring, respectful, and romantic. I never felt any need to mistrust him, and I never understood why others had so much jealousy and mistrust in their own relationships. Mine was always perfect. I met him when I was 19 and he was 23. Our age differences went unnoticeable for three years since I was in school and we made weekends the time for us. I was so in love with him, but in the back of my mind, our relationship frightened me because I knew that my work as a dance artist was bound to be sporadic and included included tons of travel, especially once I would graduate from school. Oh, travel. This is where it gets interesting and confusing. Right after my graduation, I went to Berlin for a one-month dance program. On the plane there, I sat next to a quiet, sexy athlete native to Berlin. I thought he was hot as hell and it was cute because he kept staring at me, but I knew I loved my boyfriend and nothing would really come of my airplane crush. However, as the plane landed, we made plans for him to show me around the city in my spare time. I had even told my boyfriend about meeting him because I was just genuinely, genuinely excited to have a personal native tour guide to show me around. Within the first few days of spending time together, we became very close very fast. It was like I had known him my whole life. We had so much fun together, and I knew I was falling for him. I told him I was in a relationship a couple of days after we met, and but he said he would respect the relationship, but still wanted to show me around. He took me everywhere I wanted to go, and even though and even brought me to his family events and parties. It was getting intense, and I knew what I was doing was so wrong. He respected my boundaries every time we were together. I wouldn't. It wouldn't have happened unless I initiated. I told Berlin man the night after my family party that I couldn't see him anymore, and this was too difficult for me emotionally. He started to cry, which I did not expect at all. I had no idea how deeply our relationship Damn, and I hate that I awed at that because, like, I'm so culturally (laughs) trained that, like, men expressing emotions is, like, a big deal. Uh Sorry. Accountability moment. Fuck the patriarchy. (laughs) I had no idea how deeply our relationship had also affected him. After this night, I understood that I was special to this man and cared for him deeply. I wanted to see this magical relationship through, and my boyfriend back home began to get further and further away. 
After a couple more nights of crying, as both Berlin Man and I hated what we were doing, he cheated on his ex of seven years, and it was difficult for him knowing he was breaking up a relationship. There were a lot of truths we shared together, and we felt so tethered to each other because we had been through this emotional trauma together. I fell in love with this Berlin Man. It was very fast time-limit-paced love affair that was extremely intense, sex-driven, and wonderfully passionate. I had not felt that fiery, sexy passion with my boyfriend. Despite all of that, the entire time I continued to say, but I still love my boyfriend too. He is my best friend. Maybe I love them both, I thought. Maybe I am Polly, I thought. I was genuinely, genuinely confused because cheating was something I thought I would never, ever do, especially to an extremely wonderful boyfriend back at home. I left Berlin Man with love letters, incredible memories, and tears on his shirt to go back home to overthink my entire life and truly confront what I did. I came back and I couldn't deny the awkwardness of my beautiful relationship gone sour. The fantasy world I was living in came crumbling down around me. My boyfriend straight up asked me about Berlin Man because he was sort of aware that I was with him, and I really neglected our texting the time that I was there. I couldn't tell him. I denied everything, anything had ever happened. Hmm. He deals with a lot of anxiety, and I couldn't break all that we had built together. I would rather have this weight crush me than to let him know the truth and just completely destroy him. I feel like I did this to us so I could bear the burden. I did express to him that travel had opened my eyes to a lot of new things about the world and about myself, and I knew at some point that I needed to be on my own to explore this possibility. He is four years older, so he empathized with my young 20s brain being like, what the fuck is life, you know? He told me ever since we met that he knew one day he would have to let me go. Two more months of hanging on went by, and we finally say enough is enough. We need to be on our own. I knew it was the right and best thing to do for myself and for him, and honestly, he doesn't deserve my cheating ass because he is so incredible. He was in it for the long haul, and I couldn't give him what he wanted. After this breakup, I grieved for a short while, but then immediately went back to Berlin Man. We had created a very open space in Germany to talk about vulnerable things like exes, the girls he sleeps around with, his relationship with his, quote, best friend, who is a beautiful model whom he likes, and we allowed for that intimacy to be open and truthful. However, now that I am home and we are still talking, I am constantly insecure. He tells me how much he loves me and misses me and how I completely changed his life, but then he also talks to me about the different girlfriends on a Snapchat who he was messaging with even when I was with him. I created a space for him to feel open with me and tell me about the relationships in his life, but then I felt he pushed it too far to the point where it seemed like he was trying to make me jealous and insecure. He hasn't opened up to me in the same way since. He also has started university and brings up small things like, yeah, the girl I study with and I are driving five hours together so we can see each each other's families. The distance, the time change, and all of these things that wouldn't even bother me with my now ex-boyfriend are bothering me completely with him. It feels like I left this wonderful, great, mature man to this weird, I'm single so I can do what I want attitude of a long distance relationship. Hmm. At this point, they both feel so far away that I don't feel in love with either of them, but they both mean so much to me. This was a very long letter, and in summary, I am an evil, cheating bastard who didn't tell her partner the truth, who is in love with someone else who shouldn't be settling down right now anyways, and who is halfway across the world. I know I haven't fully processed or grieved my old relationship, and I certainly don't feel content with this now fantasy man who will haunt my dreams forever as my soulmate. I'm just an artist in her young 20s trying to figure all this shit out. I don't feel like an evil person, but I know I hurt a lot of people, including myself. I want to believe Berlin Man will work out, even though you tell me, you will tell me that he won't. (laughs) (laughs) And I want my boyfriend to be happy and healthy and find someone that gives him all that I couldn't. But where does that leave me? 
in my art is the only space I know of right now. Hmm. Thank you, evil, which is not what we're going to call you. <laughs> well, it's evil, but also loving. Loving. We'll Let's, call you loving. Yeah, loving. <sighs> yeah. And we're both just like sitting with that story because I feel like both of us can relate in some yeah, ways. Yeah. And I, I would like, I don't mean this in a diminutive way, like this welcome to adult dating. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I, I I don't mean that in a shitty way. I mean like these types of I mean that to comfort you that yeah. these types of complicated situations happen so often and with sure. so many people at different ages across their lives. Yep. Like I could be 60, married with Willow and meet somebody who challenges my understanding of my own relationship and my understanding of myself. Yep, for sure. These sorts of complicated human interactions happen all the time. Yep. All we can do is is put tools in our tool belts and be and be ready to combat them when they come up with our own sense of self and authenticity. Absolutely. So yeah, welcome to the hallowed ranks of hell. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but it gets it gets easier. Yes. I would say. I would t- I totally agree. And I think one of the things that has helped me the most is really identifying my identity of myself and the things that I value and want out of life and relationships. Totally. And because of that, it has been easier for me to identify things that are hella tempting, mm-hmm. but not good for me. Yeah. And to say, like, I know that that seems like the best thing in the world right now, but my values, what I am looking for is not that. And I'm going to recognize that and say no to that temptation. And further down my road of self-discovery, the farther I got down that road in my life, whether linearly or not, um, the less I needed other people to get my, get to know myself better. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, for sure. Right. Yep. I think that a lot of the dating I did when I was younger was to experience life, to mm-hmm. figure myself out. And <laughs> now that I learn how to love by loving. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I feel like I, I feel so smart when you quote me. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I, you know, now, now that I'm older, don't get me wrong. I still do that for oh, sure. Same. Um, but I, I, I have to, I do that less, and Sam's right. Now that I see those little, like, sparkly temptations of, like, you could learn a lot about yourself with this hot babe on a plane. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm like, nope, not going to do that. going to go back to my house and go to bed at 830 with my girlfriend. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is all to say, been there, mm-hmm. and it's hard. It and is. And right now, I think you're feeling... You're feeling maybe some anxiety because you had these two good things and you might feel like you couldn't keep either of them. And this weird middle ground that you're in right now doesn't feel as good as the time that you were with either of those people. Right. And so that's what you're feeling more than anything. But what I want to point out to you is that it it. I wonder if you were at your peak happiness with either of these people or if you were experiencing a level of like euphoric high, Mm -hmm. you know, especially with the Berlin man of like getting to know someone magical in a new city. That's like, oh, my God. You know, I'm like I'm having like heart palpitations just thinking about it. Like, yeah, hot international sex with a stranger. Oh my god! <laughs> Seriously, like you fly to the city that you don't know, you meet you a meet person on, on the, the plane. plane. What are you, Elizabeth Gilbert? <laughs> yeah, seriously. And then you like spend this whirlwind month with them, where it's like you're meeting their family, and they're like 
you're in the city that you don't know and everything's magical. And you know because it's, it's on a timeline. Oh my God. So stressful. It's like literally. Like summer camp. <laughs> oh my God. Summer camp kids are so weird. <laughs> They would that always come back from summer camp and be like, oh, my God, my summer camp friends. And I was like, you know them for two weeks. How did you bond that, this quickly? So just so everyone at home knows, Sam was just as skeptical and shady as a 10-year-old <laughs> as he is now. He's like, oh, my God, authentic connection in two weeks? Impossible. <laughs> Listen, I went to camp once and, and got hated it. beat up. So, Oh, I hate that story. But I also kind of love it. So if any of you are wondering why I am the way that I am, <laughs> that is it. Oh, God, that is so real. Right. They're like bonding time and you're like, oh, yeah, uh-huh. I get it. And anyway. this is why you don't like group activities. Yes, exactly. Oh, my God. That one summer camp is explaining so much. It was not just that summer camp. It was a number of things that taught me that people are awful and you should avoid them at all costs. <laughs> That's why you love the podcast, because it's like we get to reach people, but you don't actually have to reach them. Yeah, right. <laughs> like it's just you and me in the fucking closet studio. Uh-huh. Um your studio your studio is not a closet, Spencer. It's very nice. It's very nice. Yeah, he's new lighting. Oh my god, he got new lighting, y'all. It's so fancy. It's it's, it's crazy. Bougie, I yeah. would say. But like he does spend like ten hours a day in this. Right. But like each of the like the light bulbs are all like they can change colors. Yeah. So you can like take a picture on your phone and, and then make- it's like a color profile based on a picture. Right. And right now the studio is Scully's face yes. from X-Files. <laughs> anyway, going back to the letter. Lovely or loving. Um, yeah. No. So like just wanted to say justified that you would fall into this like crazy whirlwind romance because yeah. like literally every ingredient was there to make it this like intensely beautiful and magical experience and you're not a bad person for falling for this person especially like i think for people who have never cheated that's just in their dna Mm -hmm. that they would never do that or maybe they were not given the right opportunity with the right person and chemistry and that's not a justification but i'm just I'm beyond the point in my life where I expect people to be perfect at all times when they have, when they're experiencing something for the first time. For sure. Like, I'm not talking about dude from the first letter here. <laughs> you know, like, he, <laughs> yeah. he he had his little volley into that. Spammy can go back in right. the can. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Knew that name would come in handy. Um, but, like, you... Uh, how we respond to experiences we've never had before. For sure. We have to be a little bit more forgiving on ourselves to, yep. to know that, like, when I was younger, when I was your age, loving, I thought that I would be the person I would be for the rest of my life at age 28. I thought I would be <laughs> married with kids by 28. Yeah. And I thought, more importantly than those weird milestones, I thought I would be done being myself. Yeah, like, like you would just be, out. like, set in stone and be like, this, yeah. is, this is who I am. Right. But that actually... <laughs> doesn't happen. It, it doesn't happen. <laughs> and you continue to learn yourself through life experiences. And sometimes those life experiences are choices that we regret that we know hurt people. That's right. And we're not out here saying, like, it's okay that you did that. But we are saying, it's okay that you did that. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, now you have an opportunity to grow, change, be accountable, and do things differently in the future. That's right. Yep. Uh, yeah. TLDR, for the, all of my advice... Um, 
break it off with the Berlin guy and don't go back to your ex. Yep. That's mine too. <laughs> Why? You tell me. You're just you're more eloquent than I am. Um, I don't know that that's true, Miss Poetress. Yeah, but I'm over here like get a little, little, little spammy and you're like, well, in a Brene Brown book, I uh, um, I'm eloquent on paper, but off the cuff. That's legit. Out the gate. <laughs> Off. Out the bat yep. is the way that we said it yep. before. No, w- the way that I said it, Sam. <laughs> uh huh. I'm trying to be no, here no, no, with no, no, you. No. I like the royal we in, <laughs> in partnership. Yeah. Um. I just, for me, friend, I don't see a way in which either of those relationships works out without significant amount of growth and time for processing. Yeah. Um. And I. I think it's going to be really hard for you to um, sort of come to terms with the with the things that you've done if you are continuing to be holding out for this Berlin man. Yeah. Um, Because I think that the Berlin man is going to be a really good distraction for you from having to sit in the gross, awful pain of like thinking about what you did and why you did it and how you're going to not do that again. Oh, my God. I I just had it. A realization yeah. about like getting to know yourself too. Uh-huh. Um, it's a lot more uncomfortable to get to know yourself by yourself. Yep. Like a- a- on your own. It's a lot more fucking fun to get to know yourself th- with someone else. Mm-hmm. It's just more fun. Yep. Like it's like, oh, fun. We're going to go on a date or we're going to have these, we're going to have this conflict or right. this conversation or I'm going to meet their family. I'm going to, you know, like it's fun to get to know, to travel down that long journey of yourself, Rumi. Um, with another person by mm-hmm. yourself, you're like, wow, <laughs> I suck, <laughs> you know, or like, what is, you know, that solidarity, that, that singleness, that aloneness, it's way less exciting and mm-hmm. way less distracting. For sure. You know, especially if you have to sit in it and be like, this is, I did this. I did that. Right. Yeah. But guess what? Sam and I did it too. Oh my God. We did it. Yes. Yes, we did. And also I, I would have been like. I will never cheat. Like, I would never be a cheater until I cheated. And then I was like, oh, wait, now I understand why people yeah, yeah, do this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think I would have liked you if you never cheated on someone. Like, this is real talk. Like, I I can see how your, um, the way you relate to the world, like, uh, if you had never cheated, I I think that you would be, become more rigid in your understanding of what is right and wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is fucking totally me talking out of my ass like, i don't know if this is true but like b- because you cheated it re- it's just like you said it revealed to you this like multifacetedness yeah and we fucking bonded over it like mm-hmm. that was one of the first things that made me feel really close to you is yeah. that you were like i did this and i was like i did too <laughs> and then i was like wait you're still cool yeah right oh i still like you as a person yeah though. Yeah, yeah or yeah. like i literally i literally understand why this happened or yep. whatever yep um but yeah, so I think it's going to be it's going to be really hard to sit in that space of being like, wow, I am alone and I'm sad and the only person who is responsible for this feeling is me. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But growth comes from discomfort, right? Learning from our mistakes is how we begin to grow towards what we want to see in the world and what we want to see of ourselves. Right. And if we allow ourselves to become distracted by other things in these critical moments where we have these amazing opportunities to really get to know ourselves in a painful but great way, Mm -hmm. then we miss out on that opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. And so I would say to you, 
maybe now is not the time to be thinking about romantic relationships. And now is the time to figure out who am I? What do I value? What am I looking for? And how can I learn how to forgive myself for this thing that caused this huge rupture between me and these two people who I deeply care about? But right now, I can't figure out a way how to love in a healthy way. Right. And Sam's favorite question, where can I find abundance in my life? That's right. Yeah. yeah. And I think that you can. I mean, it's it sucks that you're in the situation where you have these two people that you care really deeply about, but like you can't figure out how to make it work with either of them. But the universe is abundant. Mm -hmm. There are people out there who will be ready for you when you are ready. Yep. Right. And you will find joy in dancing. You will find joy in traveling and meeting new people. You will find joy in eating good food and spending time with friends. Do you hate yourself right now? (laughs) (laughs) But you also need to find some time to find joy and abundance within yourself as well. Right. Loving. We also just want to validate that you are not a bad person for what you did. Not at all. <laughs> right. You are a person that did a bad thing. You are not a bad person that does things. Absolutely. We love you so much. Thank you so much for writing. We hope this helps. All right. This brings us to the blind date segment of our episode. This is when we try and set you up with something that we think you're really going to love. This week, our blind date is... A new album by our very own producer, Mr. Big Cat, in collaboration with Lydia Liza, who's one of my favorite Twin Cities artists of all times. They have a new album coming out this weekend, uh, January 31st, on Spotify, Apple Music, and all that. It's called Oh Boy. If you follow Big Cat's beats on Instagram, He's one of the three people that we're following on the Just Breakup account. Uh, so he's e- really easy to find. Yeah. <laughs> but he's our fantastic pr- a producer. He's one of our dear friends. And they are having a release party to celebrate the release of this album at First Ave in Minneapolis on the 31st. You can find more information about that in our show notes. But go check it out on Spotify. Listen to it. I love their music. I love them as people. I love their creativity. And we're so, so proud and excited for them this week. Absolutely. Very excited. All right, everyone, thank you so much for listening. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit all your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review. And please consider supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for $5 a month, you get an additional bonus weekly episode, patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. This literally keeps the lights on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Original music, recording, editing, and our producing by our good friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his new album, Oh Boy with Little Eliza, and his podcast, The What If Podcast. And remember... Today, you are recommitting yourself to becoming the person you want to be. Remember, you are like water. You can change and adjust as needed. You are not afraid to be wrong. You are not afraid to be right. You are only afraid of staying the same. Same. Stop apologizing for finding yourself. And if all else fails, just break up. I'm breathing obedience, calling for more time. I'm tired of being under fist, under fire, under men, under men You come in, you shake the snow off, reaching for my hand, give a longing sigh 
Still I'm under till then I sit in the chair that your mother gave us You get to go, don't you? You get to just be, don't you? I've got to leave, I told you Said you had a problem with women too Driven their visions are too bright I start to speak like someone else Handing my power back over I say I want to be just like you Undenied, unrefined And believed I see you shifting that seat that you took Say I'm only a mechanic's ray Just to wipe your back Throw it to the side For the next time you work on yourself Fiery belief that you're more than this 